0: Get into something today. Now I told you, I'll say it again. I'll say it one more time. Um, we, I am not going to be able to cover uh, anywhere close to um, what I feel like the fullness of this is. So we're going to probably have to take it in, in, in bite-sized chunks. But let's, let's open up, see where the Lord's going to take us today and um, see how far... uh, the Lord will let us get into this today. So let's go if you can, uh, if you would join with me. Let me pull my Bible up here. Um, I got too many different uh, boxes that are open. Here we go. Um, Let's go into scripture if we can today. I want to read a scripture. Um, More than likely, I guarantee you, this is one of these scriptures you probably have heard it. I know you've heard uh, some of this, but you've heard a lot of this uh, read before. Uh, But let's do it again for context's sake uh, Second Corinthians chapter five and uh, for just clarification's sake, I'm going to be reading out of the new King James Version uh, of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you would if you want to follow along and you have a device to do so, that would be awesome. If you don't, I would suggest go back and read this at a later time. But 2 Corinthians chapter five and we'll start for context sake with verse number one, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed we have a building from god a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven if indeed having been clothed we shall not be found naked for we who are in this tent groan, being burdened not because we want to be unclothed but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life Now, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Man, oh, there's so much there. It's so hard sometimes to read some of this stuff and pass up all so much depth in that scripture right there, verse number five, that he has prepared us for the very thing and has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. But let's continue. So, we are always confident. Because of this, we're always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Verse Seven, I want you to look at verse seven now this is a verse I guarantee you 've read before or 've heard quoted before, but here's verse seven: for we walk by faith, not by sight, we are confident, yes, well, please, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, I want you to look at that just for a moment, and then we 're going to unpack this for a moment. Look at this kind of kind of kind of pull back a little bit and look at this scripture this this block of scriptures here not as individual verses but sort of just the theme of this we're we're talking about the fact in verse number 1 we're talking about the fact this 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 thing that you see this 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 earthly thing you see this thing we call a body is a tent it's just a it's just it's 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 a uh it's just it's just a, a holding uh vessel the bible says we have this treasure an earthen vessel this thing you we call our flesh our body is a holding place for the spirit and the soul and ultimately for those of us that have been filled with the spirit, the spirit of God, right? And he's kind of going through this whole thing. Paul's trying to share with the Corinthians this whole thing. And I love that verse number um, three, verse number four, for we we who are in this tent grown being burdened, not because we want to be unclean, meaning we don't burden because we want to shed this we're burdened because we want we want to be clothed more we want we want more of him that's basically what he's saying he said you know it's not that we're moaning because we have this we're groaning because we have this great desire to have more and then verse five is so beautiful that he's saying listen God has created this. It was God's point, but here's what God did. He didn't just give us to torment us. He gave us then his spirit as a guarantee, meaning this is our down payment. The Bible talks about the spirit of God. When we receive the spirit of God, we're receiving the, 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 the inheritance. We're receiving that, 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 that down payment. But in the midst of all this, and it goes into to be absent with the, uh, absent from the body is to be present is, is to be present with the Lord, you know if you're at home in the body, you are absent with the Lord. but in the middle of this, there's this kind of short little verse that doesn't seem in fact, you know in in, in English uh class when I was in, when I took English and I, I English was not my best subject um I, I, I got through English, but English is not my best subject. Um, but I do remember an English class that you could create a sentence and in that sentence, you could put uh, a phrase and you could bracket that phrase with commas. And the rule was, is that if you took out that phrase and I don't know, I don't know, I know know there's probably a technical term for what that is. Some of you English, um, Majors are probably yelling at your screen right now of what that is called, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you say uh, John uh, went to the store, comma the store was located here, comma to get bread. That 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 chunk of 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 um, of of words that is that is placed into a sentence and bracketed with not quotes but commas, right? I remember in school. They taught you that the rule was if you took out that chunk, the sentence still made sense. That the whole purpose of that chunk was to further expound the understanding of what the sentence was saying. But it wasn't supposed to be a standalone sentence. It was supposed to be an enhancement to what was already being said. So if you took that out you should still be able to read a sentence. So let's just try that for a moment here, even though it's not blanketed by commas, it stands alone, but let's just try this. Verse six, so we're always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent with the Lord. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to present with the Lord. Now that makes sense. Verse six and verse eight together flow wonderful. They make sense. They compliment one another because we are confident That knowing while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, and we are confident, yes, and well-pleased rather to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. So Paul's giving us this sort of contrast viewpoint of if you're at home in the body, you're away from the Lord, but if you're absent from the body, you're with the Lord. So in some ways he's saying, listen, it's a win-win for us as believers, because if we're at home in the body and absent from the Lord, he's given us his spirit as a guarantee, and you can't threaten me with death because to threaten me with death means that I'm going to be absent from the body and I'm going to be present with the Lord. As a believer, man, you can't, you can't lose. But in this contrasting uh, uh, sentence, this comparison of two different states of our existence, he throws this, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight word sentence in there. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, if you know anything about scripture, to me, this verse would have fit better with Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't know what Hebrews chapter 11 is, let's just go there really quickly because Hebrews chapter 11 is considered to be faith's hall of fame. So they call that the hall of fame of faith because Hebrews 11 is all about faith. So look at this. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse three, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, if I'm in charge, I'm gonna take verse 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse seven, and I'm gonna remove it out of that chunk because it doesn't fit. I'm gonna put it here as the next verse following that statement. So by faith, we understand that the worlds are framed by the the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. We walk by faith and not by sight. Then I go in the next verse, by faith, Abel offered God more excellent. That makes perfect sense to me. But that's unfortunately, I'm not the one who wrote the Bible. So therefore, Paul, under the guiding Uh, hand of the Holy Ghost put that verse there now why why this is one of those questions where when you look at scripture on the surface you miss some things because to me that just it it's it's put between two different states of our existence you were born into this life If you receive Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit, baptized in His name, the Bible calls that the new birth experience, meaning you are born again. When you are born again, you have a new destination. That means when you die, you're going to change, you're going to change houses. You're never going to cease to exist, by the way. According to scripture, you are never going to cease to exist. The only thing you're going to do is you're going to change manifestations. No longer will you be an earth. Ur- you be an earth. Ur- you. You're not going to be a. You're not going to be mortal. The Bible says we're going to trade out mortality for immortality. There's this transformation, this 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 transition. That's why people call uh, living in this life sort of the the womb of eternity. Right? As a baby, a baby exists in the womb, but when a baby comes out of the womb. It doesn't change all of a sudden. It doesn't change its look. It doesn't all of a sudden become something different, but it changes the atmosphere and the context of its existence. It's no longer in the womb. Now it's living. Now it's breathing in a different place. So those of us that are believers, I know I'm getting a little deep here, but follow me for a moment because I'm trying to help somebody. The Holy Ghost, I'm not trying to help somebody because I can't help anybody. Holy Ghost is trying to help somebody with some things. So let's follow this again. So we have two existence. Right now we're living an earthly existence. But when we receive the Spirit of God, we're baptized into his name, everything changes. Now, it was there before, but now we've, we're have we made more aware of it. Because the Bible says that when, when when his Spirit connects with our spirit, there's something that transforms in us. And there's this this coming alive that happens in us. We're adopted into the family of heaven. So things change for us. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, you who were dead in your trespasses and sin. We were dead before Christ, we were dead before we were seed to spirit, we were dead before we were baptized in his name. But when we receive his spirit and we are baptize his name we come alive what comes alive because i got to be honest with you before i was baptized i was breathing after i was baptized i was breathing what comes alive our spiritual man is born that spiritual side of us comes alive because we have the ultimate spirit now living in us that makes our 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 god-given spirit because the bible says we are made up of, of, of body soul and spirit three components makes that come alive. Now, let's go back to our scripture here for a moment and we get to some understanding of what what really is trying to happen here. Hebrews 11 is a faith-based chapter. If you've never read Hebrews 11, I would encourage you to go read it. It's a great, tremendous, uplifting and challenging portion of scripture. Talks about faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, the elders obtained. And then it says the world were framed by by faith. All this is amazing. This would be a perfect place for our scripture to go. We we, uh, walk by faith and not by sight. But the Holy Ghost decided to put it here between these two verses that are dealing with this sort of Uh, comparison existences that you and I have. Why? Let's dig into that just for a moment, because for a long time, and maybe still today to a degree, what is faith? Now, we know faith is fundamentally the fundamental component. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Like, faith is at the baseline of all of this right but i think in some ways we have underestimated what faith is and the power that faith produces in our lives because if i talk to you about faith today and i said have faith more than likely you're going to translate that to believing for something For example, I said have faith, you're gonna go to more than likely something in your life right now you need. So you're you 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 need healing or you need deliverance or you need um um some kind of uh you have some kind of emotional need or spiritual need or or financial need or you have a relationship need or maybe there's something else. And I say, you know what? You need to believe, have faith you're going to probably translate that into something that you're believing for. Nothing wrong with that. We're, 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 we're saved by faith. We're healed by faith. We're delivered by faith. I'm not suggesting that that's a wrong approach. I'm saying that if you really look at what faith is, and here's a great example of it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're underselling what faith truly is. And the power of faith, because believing for something is sort of like the is sort of like the um, the 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 adding and subtracting of faith, right? You go to school. What's the first thing they teach you in math? How to how to count, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Then when you get through knowing your numbers, you can count to you know like you got to count to fifty or hundred. Then once you get through knowing your hun- your 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 numbers. Then they start using those numbers to add, you know, one plus one is two, two plus two is four, three plus three is six, four plus four is eight, right? You start to build basic using of those numbers. So faith has many layers and faith starts out with us just learning sort of the numbers of faith, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. I know you're very impressed. I can count. But if I said to you right now that math is only about counting to 100, you would look at me and go, uh, no. But I said, well, when I went to school, when I went to school, they taught me how to count and and they called that math. You would say to me, you're right. But that's the beginning of math. Well, did they teach you how to add and subtract? No, what's adding and subtracting? I know how to count. Great. But that's not all there is to math. And so I go back to school and they say, okay, great. You know, I can know what's, what's 50 plus 50? It's a hundred. Ooh. What's a hundred minus 50? It's 50. I can add and subtract. I come back to you and say, guess what? Math is about adding and subtracting. Quick, ask me a question. And I can calculate that. And you go, great. But there's more to that. There's more. Okay uh what is more well do you know how to multiply uh don't know what that is do you know how to divide Mm, don't know what that is you go back they teach you how to multiply wait a minute six times six is not 12 six times six is 36 40 divided by 10 is four not 40 divided by 10 is 30 i'm not subtracting i'm dividing so it's four that's a whole other component. And then if you go deeper, and I didn't follow this track, but if you go deeper, then you can get into math that's statistically based. And math, you can use math to get all these crazy numbers. And if you go further, then you can get into things called calculus and algebra. And 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 uh, you can get a trigonometry. And you can get into all these different crazy aspects of math. There's a couple of people uh, on Antioch West that are math majors. That, I mean, main. They 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 look at math completely different. They're way past adding and subtracting. Now, what does that have to do with faith? Here's faith. We live as if faith is about counting to ten, multiplying, adding one plus one equal two or two minus one is one. We are we we look at faith in a very basic way. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But there are so many different powerful layers of faith. Why do you think? Think about it. What is the one thing God's always working on you and I with? Now, there's maybe a lot of things, but it feels like God is always working on my faith. Wait a minute. The Bible says if I have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, I can speak to a mountain and it can be removed and cast into a sea. So wait a minute. I only have a little bit of faith that can do great things, but yet God's always working on our faith. The Bible says we go faith to faith, right? Faith to faith, meaning... You don't just do faith and, okay, move on. It's faith to faith to faith to faith. And I don't know how you are, but it seems like one, once I get one aspect of faith conquered, there's a whole nother aspect of faith. Why? If it's just simply having faith to believe, then according to scripture, all I only need a little mustard seed of faith. Why does the Bible talk about growing your faith? increasing your faith the bible says that we are given a given a measure of faith each one of us is given a measure of faith meaning each one of us start off with the same faith amount but why is it in some cases some some have great faith because the Bible said it. That woman came to uh, to Jesus and asked about um, her situation. And he said, listen, lady, you got to go. And she said, okay, but uh, let me just say it this way. Um, even the dogs get the crumb from um, the master's table. And he turned to her and said, man, I haven't found faith greater anywhere than this lady right here. He called her having great faith. So if all I need is mustard-sized faith then therefore all of us should have the same faith because according to the scripture, we're all given the same measure of faith. But here's a lady here who had great faith. So what's really going on here? Because God is working on us every day to grow our faith. Seems like that's something that is constantly in that repertoire that God has Going on in life, where we're growing and expanding, it comes down to faith, right? It always comes back to faith, trust too, but faith is such a huge part of it. So I, okay, all right, Lord, if it's just about faith to believe for something, according to Scripture, I don't really need that gigantic amount of faith. I can speak to a mountain, cast into a sea with a mustard seed size faith. I don't even know what this is. I don't know what there's something. I got a looks like a. A uh, crumb. One of my kids are probably uh, uh, doing their homework, eating a snack. I got a crumb here. I don't know if you can see. Them. I pull. Uh, does it zoom in? Oh, look at that technology! I've got a crumb right there on the, my finger. That's about a mustard seed. So, according to scripture, that's all the faith I need to speak to a mountain. But yet, God's talking about faith being expanded. What's that all about? Because we go back to this whole scripture, and this is where the this is where We begin to unlock the layers of faith. It says we walk by faith, not by sight. We're to live by faith, not by sight. What does that mean? It means this. The unseen is the superior realm. I want you to if you got to write something down if you don't remember anything I want you to write that down that's the if you take any notes today that's note number 1 the unseen is the superior realm the scripture is 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 replete with constant references to the unseen being greater than the seen in fact in in Romans it says if you believe in what you can see and you trust in what you can see. You don't have hope. But if you want hope, you got to hope in what you can't see. Because that's true hope. Right? Just read that for a second in case you think I'm making that up. Let's go there. Uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 8 for a moment. Let's scroll down here. Romans chapter 8. And let's read verse number uh. 23, not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Verse 24, for we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. That's saying right there, the unseen is the superior realm. The Bible talks about if we only, only, only do things that affect the temporal, the the natural, that we're 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 selling our shelf sort because the things that really matter are the things that are in the eternal. Well, guess what? Most of the stuff in the eternal is unseen. So the unseen is the superior realm. Now, if you don't believe that, let's just take for just a moment, and I'm almost done here. This has been a uh, the foundation. For where we're going to be going. But let's just look at this for a second. For the last two and a half years. Not as much now. Things have changed. But for at least 18 months. From March of 2020. To the end of 2021. So about. What? uh, 21 months. Really? But at least 18 months solid. Our lives were uprooted. And completely change by something we could not see. Now, I know that if you have the right culture, uh, the right sample, and you have a a powerful enough instrument, microscope or electronic microscope, uh, whatever they have, you could... Zoom in on that sample and you could see the the molecular structure of that sample and you could see COVID because you still see it today. Right. The little pictures of COVID and they got the little ball that's got all the spikes in it and explain to you that COVID has these p- spikes on the pro. I don't know all of it. I don't even want to start talking because I'm probably going to get it wrong. But basically, that COVID little thing you see on the on um, different uh, advertisements for COVID, it's that little thing that's got stuff coming off of it. Well, that's the image of what COVID looked like. But I got to be honest with you. I got COVID. I never saw that thing. It didn't come floating at me. Because honestly, if it had floated at me, I would have ducked. I would have ducked. I didn't see it. And in the beginning of covid especially let's be frank we all were told to go home we were told don't go out over something we couldn't see but think about it the most deadly substances on earth the most deadly things on earth are usually things that cannot be seen the most powerful diseases that have wiped out millions are unseen Diseases are uh, are are far more deadly than any man-made component that's out there. Diseases and all this biological stuff that's unseen. And so, for eighteen months, our lives was completely changed over something we couldn't see. Now, I'm sure. It's just the case. Every one of you has your opinion on COVID and the validity of COVID and how much you think it was real, how much you think the government's involved. And I'm, not, I'm not even getting sure. I'm not opening up that can of worms today. I'm simply saying whatever side you fell on, you have to, have to admit COVID was never something you could see. Right? You couldn't see COVID. And it was amazing. I talked to uh the the supervisor the nurse supervisor um over the when I was staying in hospital last week um the couple at least half the time I had the same shift people in the same shift so one particular uh evening there was a supervisor nurse that came supervising nurse that came in and she was just chatting with my wife and I very nice lady, very very kind in fact i have to I have to say here, I'm not going to name their names, but all my, all the nurses and the doctors that I had were tremendously kind to myself, my wife, um, they were just super nice. They were, they were so kind to my, my children. Um, I celebrated my birthday in the hospital and, um, they had a limit on how many people that could come in a room. And my wife asked, you know, could they just let that slide for a few minutes so my kids can come up and they could celebrate my birthday with me. So they were very kind. And so, um, you know we had four visitors in the room my wife and my three kids and they brought me some cake and ice cream and got to celebrate christmas uh christmas yeah uh my birthday in the hospital so very very kind but the floor i was on in the hospital was the covid floor it was the it was the floor where all the all the covid patients went and um they probably had um they've had a, like half half the staff has turned over since covid began but there was quite a few that were there during COVID. So I got a chance. So I got a with The staff, I just talked a little bit um, with each staff. And just kind of shooting the breeze. And, and the ones that were uh, there during COVID, I was kind of fascinated and just kind of asked them some questions about what it was like during COVID. And, and it was quite interesting to hear their, their perspective because this, again, was the COVID floor for the hospital. Long story, one of the nurses made the statement that... how it turned off the devil is a liar it literally just turned off so I have no idea where I was in my little story no idea how long it was off I got a bunch of texts to say the mic was muted and I have no idea didn't even telling you sometimes you just got to scratch your head the devil is a liar um, I didn't touch anything and it turned off I'll lay hands on this thing let's all put your hands on the screen right now lay hands on this microphone um, anyways, I don't know where I was. I'll just repeat the last part of the story. Um, in case you're not a lip reader, but the late, the supervisor, uh, oh, thanks, Joe. Joe said, uh, brother Bickley said the nurses in COVID. So the lady that was a supervisor nurse, she was there during COVID. I asked her and she said that was the thing that struck, struck her most in COVID was the fact that people would come in sick, dying, going straight onto a ventilator But the whole time they were arguing that COVID wasn't real. And part of me kind of looks at that and go that, you know, it's hard to imagine that. But you know what? There's another side of that. I can see it because you can't see COVID. COVID doesn't seem, um, COVID didn't, wasn't something you could tangibly see. We were all wiping, washing our hands and we were all wiping down boxes for something we couldn't see. But we understand the power of the unseen. Now, as much as we lived that way for 18 months, that's how spiritual, the spiritual realm works. The superior realm is the unseen. The unseen is the the superior realm. Really, the Bible says, don't be afraid of the one who can kill you. Be a one afraid who can kill both body and soul. The the, the the things that we should be worrying about are not the things we can see. The things that we should be concerned about are things we cannot see. The unseen is a spiritual realm. That's why living by faith is living your life based on a reality you cannot see in this world with your natural eyes. So Paul, and we're going to get to this, why this is important next. Probably in two weeks we come back. And it started all the way back in Genesis. We see this start to take place. So it's this. I'm just going to read through a couple of points here as I finish. So Paul says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Sandwiched between these two worlds that we're existing in. And it says this, living by faith is living your life based on the reality you cannot see in this world. Meaning, as a believer, to truly have faith, faith is not believing for something. Is that part of faith? Yes. But that's the one, two, three, the two plus two of faith. True faith is walking and living my life based off what i cannot see not what i can see we're going to get into just a little bit down the road what that means but true faith true faith if i'm a person of faith we're to be people of faith right that doesn't mean we just walk around going i believe god god's a healer god's a deliverer god's a way maker god's a problem solver god's a god's yeah god yes is that part of faith yes that's a part of faith but true faith, walking by faith. How do you walk by faith? Because there's sometimes I don't need healing. There's sometimes I don't need delivery. There's sometimes I don't need a way maker. But I'm supposed to walk by faith. And it's in po- without faith, it's impossible to, to please God. So there's a, there's a realm of faith that I'm supposed to exist in at all times. Well, if I don't have a need or something specific to believe for, how do I walk by faith? Because to walk by faith to me is like going from need to need, from, 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 uh, from, from request to request. I walk by faith today, God, because I need this. Oh, that's good. Thank you for doing that. Okay. I'm walking by faith today. No, walking by faith, not by sight. Notice it said it wasn't just walking by faith. The caveat to that was you walk by faith, not by sight. What it means is what are you living your life based on? And this is where I'm stopping at today. And we'll get to the rest of it uh, in two weeks. Here's the question. What are you living your life based on? Are you living your life based off what you can't see? or what you can see. Because if you're living your life on what you can see, you're living your life based off what the economy is doing, what who's in charge of of our country, what one political party is saying and another political party is saying, what the news media is saying, what Hollywood's saying, what social media is saying, what the doctor is saying, what your coworkers are saying, what your neighbor is saying, what your friends are saying, what your social group is saying. You're living your life, and you know what? When you live your life like that, it's constantly changing. But if you walk by faith, not by sight, it means you're not living your life on what you can see. You're living your life on what you can't see. And if you understand that, you can step into a place with God that he's called us to because the unseen is the superior realm. If you really want to know what God's up to, you're never going to see it with your eyes. You're going to have to step into the unseen. But faith is what gives us eyes into the unseen. That's why God is constantly working on our faith. Constantly working our faith because the more we increase our faith, the greater vision we have in the unseen. That's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Guess what? Most of the time, you don't see the devil. The devil doesn't jump behind a corner with a pitchfork and red tail and horns and go, Ha! I'm here. And if you deal with your life based off what you can see, your faith is limited. Because your faith is only going to be limited by what you can see. But to do what Paul says, to walk by faith and by sight, means you've got to start looking through a different lens. We're going to talk about that because it goes all the way back to Genesis. Genesis. And it started with Adam and Adam's designation. But let me just say this and I'll finish here. Just because you cannot see something with your natural eyes, it does not mean it isn't, it's not there. Actually, everything you can see in this world came from the world you cannot see. We just read it. Hebrews 11.3. I'll read another translation. Faith helps us understand that God created the whole world by his command. This means that the things we see were made by something we cannot see. Woo! Time out for a second. I'll read that again. Faith helps us understand that God created the whole world by his command. This means the things we see were made by something we cannot see. Faith enables you to see into the realm of the unseen. That's why Paul says So we think 2 Corinthians 4:18 says this, so we think about what we cannot see, not what we see. What we see lasts only for a short time. What we cannot see will last forever. The opposite of faith is doubt. The opposite of faith is natural sight. That's why Paul so says, we walk by faith, and not by sight. As believers, we choose to live our lives by faith, living off the reality that cannot be seen with our natural eyes. Because here's what, faith looks into the realm of the unseen and makes decisions based on that realm in this realm. We're going to talk about that when we come back, about the three layers First heaven, second heaven, third heaven. And we're to bring the third heaven into the first heaven. We'll talk about that later. You can't do that without faith. It's more than just believing for your healing, believing for your deliverance. This is about learning how to walk by faith because this is the the thing that unlocks the world of the unseen. And God lives in the world of the unseen. Last time I checked, I've never seen God. I couldn't describe to you what God looks like. The Bible says no man's ever seen God. So how do I how do I function with something I cannot see? Cause I'm not judging based off this. I'm judging based off the eyes of faith. Father, I thank you today for the seed of your word planted into our heart. Lord, I know there's more to this that you desire to share with us. And I trust you with the timing of it. I trust you with every layer of it. If it takes me seven weeks to get through this or get through it and, in two weeks, whatever you have, Lord. But I know you're trying to speak to us. And so many of us are, are living our lives so controlled by what we can see. We're living our lives controlled by our, our natural eyes, but you're trying to change that so that we can walk with our spiritual eyes. We can see into the unseen. You've given us that tool. You've given us that 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 bridge to the unseen through faith. So, Father, today I speak that your spirit of revelation be upon us, that as we walk in you, we get further and deeper into what you're trying to do in our lives and through our lives, that we don't judge it by what we see. We judge it based off what we cannot see through our faith. So, Father, today increase our faith, strengthen our faith, grow our faith, because, Father, we all have places of struggle and a lot of a struggle in our faith walk. But Lord, your grace is sufficient. So I speak today, Father, in Jesus' name, that a spirit of revelation would be upon everyone that is watching this, everyone that will watch this, as we are led by you, as your spirit leads and guides us. I speak that in Jesus' name today. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. This is just the beginning. I'm praying in Jesus' name. You'll join back with us again here in, the next, in a couple of weeks on our small group Sunday. We're going to dig deeper into this revelation. It's simply not just about something else that would just sort of add to your group. I believe this, some of you, this is going to help change everything for you. If you put this into practice, it's going to change everything for you. God's been working on me with this. I'm not there yet. So I'm not speaking of something I'm an expert on. I'm asking every day, Lord, help me to do this because I'm someone that's easy for me to judge by what I can see my natural sight, to make decisions by that. But every day, I want to walk by faith and not by sight.